It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country with Dan Berger, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Today, we're honored and pleased to have Chris Benzinger from Benzinger Family Wines and the winemaker there, Lisa Amaroli. Lisa, have you been in before? No, I haven't, but thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm a huge fan of Benzinger. Let's begin, Chris, with the history of the family and the wines and everything. Yeah, sure. Kind of a fun story. My grandfather, bootlegger, honest to God, Mm -hmm. had a souped-up tugboat. Got sunk off Sandy Hook during Prohibition. I love then, this story. Your yeah. brothers have talked about this. Yeah, before. yeah. And uh, he literally had to swim ashore. And then my dad came back from the war, legitimized the business, was doing pretty good at a small importing company back there. And then in the 70s, my oldest brother, Mike, I, like I, we were talking before, I got a big family, nepotism run amok. Um, Mike <laughs> moves out to California, right? He moves to the Livermore Valley for a winery called Stony Ridge, which nobody's ever heard of because, the, you know, they were uh, not the best run. They used to call themselves the Reform School for Grapes because they would get the grapes that nobody else wanted, right? the troubled ones. Really? And he met a lot of great guys there, but he cut his teeth. He knew he loved winemaking. He knew that this was that renaissance time in California. And where do you go for money? You go to the old man. He said, Dad, I got this great idea. Let's start a family business. My dad was just as crazy as my brother and said, I love this idea. Six months later... My entire family, 13 of us in the first wave, are moving from New York City. We're talking sidewalks, streetlights, pizza, to the bucolic hillsides of Glen Glen Ellen, California, which there was nothing there right now. I mean, it was like the Beverly Hillbillies. They have sidewalks now. They they do have a sidewalk. It runs one sidewalk. And yet, I think it was some kind of uh, uh, code violation. But we moved out there. We moved out there and bought this old ranch that was left vacant for 55 years since Prohibition. It was great. It was an old pot farm. Now I know why my brother found it. And literally, (laughs) my brother made the deal and the family moved out. And then our success in Sonoma County started with the Sonoma County Harvest Fair in 1981. We had moved out there, the whole family. We built the winery. The winery was half built. Didn't have a roof. I bought every extension cord in the valley. But the best part was our first wine tanks were old milk trucks. We had to go to a junkyard because our wine tanks hadn't arrived yet. So my first job was to go into manhole cover and scrub out the tanks. Uh, Le Pierre Chardonnay went into one truck and High Vista Sauvignon Blanc went into the other and then our Cabernet went in, into a, a vat and they went entered into the Sonoma County Harvest Fair. And this is before the Spectator and Parker and all those guys. My first wine competition ever. Yeah. 1981. And so right after the uh, 4-H sheeps and pigs and the apple pies, they judged the wine, and we won the sweepstakes. We won the number one wine with the Sauvignon Blanc, and the runner-up was our Chardonnay. No 81. Wine, 81. No winery's ever done that since. Wow. And it put us on the map. And it's like these knucklehead New Yorkers come out here and win this, this big prestigious... We've never won it since. But um, it, was, it would kind of put us on the map, and it was a pretty... Pretty big day for us. That's huge. But then my dad, being the guy he was, uh, you know, we sold the 10 cases of, or 10,000 cases, and then we were out of business. So we had to figure out something else. How do you like that Paradiso? Paradiso Sauvignon Blanc uh, from Sonoma Mountain. Uh, boy, that's really a very stylish, almost Bordeaux-like uh, style of uh, Sauvignon Blanc. You don't see this very often. Uh, it's not real... Uh, 
green or assertively uh, herbaceous. In fact, if anything, it's more along the lines of uh, white Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah. we're trying. Well, Sancerre. We think well, of Sancerre when yeah. we uh, uh, harvest it, and it's just a real beautiful wine. So lots of our Benziger Sauvignon Blancs, we, we usually source from old riverbeds. We get these um, very nice fruit forward. This is from our state property, so it's uh, all biodynamic. With biodynamic winemaking, you have a lot of rules that you need to follow, and there's not a lot of inputs in it, so we have to pick it at the right time. Great acid in the wine, and it shows through, and it lingers on the palate. So a lot of citrus, there's minerality, so you can almost taste yeah. the earth in this wine. And Lisa does this cool thing. She ferments it three different ways. Yep. Neutral oak, stainless steel, and then uh, um, eggs, right? And barrel. Barrel. Our, our Humpty, we have the Humpty Dumpty egg. Uh, uh. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, he broke. Um, he fell. And we didn't put, put, it, put it, back it back together, together again. again. <laughs> um, so, no, we do. I saw that one coming. <laughs> didn't have enough King's story. horses. <laughs> but part of the, the style with this is that it has so much acid in it. I think it has a 3.03 pH. Mm-hmm. Um, it has so much acid in it. We need to have this contact with lees to build creaminess. So that's why we have the different methods of winemaking. Dan, we'll yes, talk sir. more about this yes. Sauvignon Blanc you're tasting. Well, Sauvignon Blanc made like this is a, a, a rare treat because most of the time you get uh, a lot of these green herbaceous components in here uh, from Sonoma Mountain you're obviously getting uh, stressed vines not not an awful lot of leaves on the vines so because you're getting a little bit more direct sun on the on the grapes therefore you're getting a little bit you're burning off some of that green uh, herbaceous component instead you're getting some of the minerality and some of the uh, steeliness that comes out of that variety so it's it's really a, a wonderful example of how to maximize what mountain grown fruit can give you when Sauvignon Blanc is lucky enough to be planted up there now. This is an aberration. You don't see much mountain grown Sauvignon no, Blanc. You no, don't. no. And these are 27, 28 year old vines. They're, They're big. Big and gnarly. And, and just like you said, not a lot of leaves. Yep. We have them in a liar system, so we're getting a lot of sunlight in there. And How would look- I have known that without seeing the vineyard? I just smelled it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> well, you've been doing this for yeah. God who knows. Lisa, talk about your history and how you became uh, a winemaker. Kind of interesting. I grew up in a very conservative Italian family. Only the boy went to college. The girls were supposed to marry rich and live happily ever after. So right after high school, I just couldn't do college. I had to go to Italy to find a rich Italian. So instead, I ended up living in Europe for five years, mostly in Germany, but for a while in Italy. And I was lucky enough to get in my little car, be able to travel to France, only an hour away, where I was living in Heidelberg. And I just loved the whole concept of wine and food. Wine and food, and and very passionate about it. When I came back to the states, finally, I for a short time I trained dogs for people with disabilities for Canine Companions for Independence. Cool, they're one of our favorite uh, groups, and they're on all the time. And Bonnie Bergen, who was yes. the the person there, I worked directly for her, and she says, "Lisa, go to college, go to college." And it's like, okay, okay. So I finally went to college a little later in life. I was Where? 27, Sonoma State. Okay, I good. got yeah, 
close, I got, got my degree in uh, biology and chemistry with all intentions of being pre-bet, pre-med. And um, I said, oh, wine business, I can actually do this. So I ended up working for Carrie Damsky for a summer, uh, or for a harvest. I told my boss, hey, I got to explore this in my life. And I, who was I that? Can make wine. Carrie Damsky. Carrie and I got, yeah. in here. I got to know Carrie Damsky when he was the winemaker of San Pasquale in San Diego County. <laughs> this back in 1982. <laughs> He's a great winemaker. He put me to, jo- uh, to work sampling grapes, and I got hooked. Went, got Did into you go to lab, UC Davis or got anything? Into, I have um, lots of classes under my belt from UC Davis, okay. but I don't have a Davis degree. So, But lots of great mentors along the way. And how long have you been at Benzinger? 20 years. Good grief. This will be my 20th. 20th harvest or is it 21st? Yeah, I, since 99. That's a long time at Benzinger. I wasn't. I, I know. Aware I'm a glutton for punishment. We're, we're, we're really fortunate. We've. Um, <laughs> Thank you. We have a really cool family. Um, yeah. The guys, uh, Joaquin and Jose and Nacho and uh, the it, people. It's just we have a really good family of folks. And I have to commend the Benzigers too because they let me run a facility. They let me make our commercial brand for many, many years with without, um, with total trust, you know, and um, it was such a great thing for them to do, and nothing but support, so um, it's been a really great, great experience to be a woman winemaker at Benziger, and at the time, you know, I think I started being official winemaker in 2006. Yeah. For, for the commercial brand, and um, they've just supported me the whole way. And we're, now we're yep. all women winemaker. I know. We yeah. are with Jamie Benziger making the imagery wine. Oh, so. cool, yeah. yeah. What a great, what two great stories, Dan. Fabulous stories, and especially if you go all the way back to 1983 when it was Bruno Benziger who created the first fighting bridal. Can you believe that? It's a long story in itself, and we, won't, we don't have time for that on the air here. We've got to do that another day. That would be uh, a fun story. Uh, that was the, the first, name of the football team first, uh, at my um, college, the Fighting Varietals. First 750 corked finished yeah. varietal under 7 bucks, which is under $10 today. And nobody remembers, by the way, that it was Bruce Rector who made the first mm-hmm. wine, but he also came from Stony Ridge. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and I remember these guys doing samples with um, wood chips. They were had a toaster oven, and they were... <laughs> taking wood chips and they were like trying to figure out how to toast it and they almost burned the house down like a hundred different times because they would go out and they'd forget it and they'd put it on and all of a sudden you'd see all this smoke and ah shoot we ruined that batch yeah I think one of your brothers Bruce was the big yeah Bruce was the was he was great he was his idea was how do you turn a thousand gallon tank in uh, and act have it act like a 60 gallon barrel or 55 gallon barrel whatever the size is he was always he was one of the one of the a true genius. Okay, Barry Herbst, wine buyer at Bottle Barn, back with us, with his wonderful daughter. Hi, Emily. Hi. <laughs> Good to see you. Are we moving to that shard? Yes, we are. Is that the one I tasted? Yes. I gotta ask uh, Dan to tell me why I like this uh, shard so much. Well, this, this is a little bit uh, bigger of a wine, a little bit more substantial. It's got that beautiful San Giacomo fruit uh, yes. from Carneros. 
uh, which gives you the citrus component. But there's also some barrels, obviously, making a, a, a strong play here. Part of the reason that this wine holds together is the great acidity underneath. Uh, the, the smoky component, the faint smoky component that's on top is from the barrels. But then the mid-palate, you still get more of that citrus. It's gorgeous. It really is gorgeous. Thank you. And, and the San Giacomos are such great people. They farm specially for us three blocks for us organically. So we're able to make this as a made-with, organically-grown grape wine. So again, we need to hit the acidity right, and we need to be very careful in the cellar to make sure. And this acidity helps it hold up. This is a 2017, and it's really... Oh, that's good. It's just really beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. really beautiful. And the San Giacomos. Oh, my yeah. God, Chris. They're such They're an awesome family. Uh, you know, 100 years growing grapes there. We've had a handshake deal with them since 84, I think. Uh, Buck, Angel, and Bob. Now Steve, Mike, and Maya. And those beautiful rolling hills, that kind of alluvial soil that goes right into San Pablo Bay and mm-hmm. that gorgeous fog that comes out. We night harvest it. We get it back to the winery. And then Lisa's there at 6 o'clock in the morning with these pristine berries and it goes right into beautiful french oak barrels and mm. she loves the heck out of it 2017 2017 yeah wow the fire year pardon me the fire that's year right that's yeah. right yeah that was that was big for us in glen ellen because we got wasted by the nuns fire i um right burned through imagery but didn't destroy the winery it burned <clears> up <throat> london ranch road and stopped right at the front gate of the winery Wow. It was amazing. And I have to tell you, Chris, I'm sorry, I'm going to toot your horn a little bit, but um, the day after his house burnt down, he was up at the winery helping us do punch downs. We had no no uh, electricity. You know, all we could do is manually punch down, and he lost his house. He lost everything he owned. Except uh, for the, I threw my wine in the swimming pool. There, there you go. So I had, I had Good move, five dude. minutes, and I threw about... 30, 40 of my best bottles. You had one at the Iwani. It didn't have a label on it. We didn't know white, quite what it was, but it, we knew it was, awesome. uh, it was good. You knew it could swim. It, yeah, well, it, 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 uh, let me tell you, it, it hung out well. It was like a submarine, just kind of laid low. Yeah, okay. silent, run deep. Wow. Uh, <laughs> put in a pool for that reason. Well, it Mike. was one of those last-minute choices. You're, like, running around. The fire. My neighbor's house is already on fire. I knew mine's next. It's my... My kid had a skylight, and, and embers had gotten in there. And was I could see smoke coming out of the skylight, and I'm like, all right, my house is gone. Mm-hmm. My, everyone had already left, and I was, you know, I'm with the garden hose thinking I'm going to save this thing. Yeah. And I was like, that's nah, over. And, I, and uh, I passed the garage door where I saw the wine, and I just went... Why not? Throw it in the pool. Throw it in the pool. Our L.A. producer is our podcast guy, Christopher DiMatteo. Hi, Chris. He's saying, hello, all. Please plug this uh, California Wine Country podcast. Just uh, go to wherever great podcasts are offered and search for California Wine Country. Each episode gets podcasted, so if you miss some of it or all of it, you can always go there and find it as a podcast. Man, I like this shard. It's good. Gorgeous chardonnay, but the thing about this is, is... some wines that are this uh, aromatically gifted are lacking in acidity, and therefore you have to drink them as an aperitif. This one really wants to be with food. This one has the acidity to go with food, and it's going to be better with food. Lisa is an amazing, she's an amazing winemaker, but I think she excels with the varietal Chardonnay and with... Um, uh, or any white wine. But you think about Chardonnay, right? It's the blank canvas mm-hmm. of wines. There's no other variety, I think, that uh, reflects terroir, you know, where it's grown, and who makes it, right? 
Yeah. Chardonnay is it. I yeah. mean, there's a Chardonnay We've for every before, every mood, yeah. every season. There's a you know from whether it's going to be tart like Chablis or a, a good big blown out California style and everything in between. And that's why she's such a great wine because she can pick the right terroir and then finesse it with if it's got enough oak, then you can put a little extra love into it with Lee with a uh, barrel aging Lee's and contact not be or something shy like that with the tank component yeah. too yeah, to keep exactly. freshness so it's um it's really a fun varietal to make because as you said you can It's kind of the winemaker's yeah. winemaker's wine yeah. I, I think you know I'm big on finishes and I love the finish on this particular oh, shard. I do. Actually, now, may I make a comment? About four, three or four years ago when we started to, to, this show together, uh, Steve, you wouldn't have liked the finish on this years and years ago because the acidity then was bothersome to you. Now you're sort of, I think you've really... Well, I've come a long way. Elevated your palate. Thanks to you and all our guests. <laughs> you gotten bitter. <laughs> It's a California wine country with Dan Berger, Chris Benzinger from Benzinger Family Wines, and their uh, winemaker, Lisa Amaroli. Barry's here with his uh, daughter, Emily. Barry, what's, let's uh, give us an update from Bottle Barn. We're busy. That's, that's the update. That's good. You guys are still <laughs> open indoors with masks, right? Yes. So 10 to 6 daily, face masks required. We're still doing curbside pickup if you want to order online. Right. And then instu- instead of doing a shipping ad, well, you put your shipping address in, but then you choose curbside pickup at the end. So go to bottlebarn.com, folks. Yes, and then we'll have your order ready for you. You'll get an email when it's pulled. I love I love that you can put on a mask and go inside. Yes. A lot of people are very happy about it. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Busier than ever. I'm sure if people want to buy some Benzinger wines, Bottle Barn is one of the places to go. fully stocked. Yes. Some of the imagery wines as well. And Uh, you guys get some of the direct-to-consumer wines. Right. Um, Yeah, we got the Cabernet, but I know there's more, so. Yeah. We're working through the portfolio. We've got the we got the wines to share uh, what they do. She, she's um, uh, she's prolific. There's, she makes a lot of wines. <laughs> we'll keep it uh, we'll keep it rolling through there. Then. All right, bottlebarn.com. Also go to benzinger.com. They are open by appointment for outdoor uh, t- uh, seated tastings. Chris, talk about that. What's yeah, the story yeah, so, there? Yeah, um, so we were lucky enough to open up. Um, right now, we're, we're, it's for wine club members. Um, we have our patio open, and it's really kind of a cool experience. Before, you know, on a Saturday in wine country, you can get pretty crazy. Now, it's, it, you know, there's just a couple dozen people there, and it kind of harkens back to the old days when... Different feel. Yeah, it's really much nicer. It's uh, it's a lot more romantic. It's it's you can hear yourself. Um, you can really because the place is biodynamic. It's like a gigantic garden. And it's beautiful. It's spectacular. Yeah. Um, and so I I mean I don't say I want to say I like it better, but I appreciate the quietness that it, it's right now. I mean we're obviously we're we're not making any money f- because we don't have a lot of people open up. And the taste room's not open. But it's still nice that we can be open for our, our wine club members, and we are open to the public if there's a, an opening. Uh, so if the cancellation and there is a spot open, right. But it's uh, wine club members have um, first pick. priority. Yeah. So you're still able to take people around the property and the. Tram we just started to do that about a week ago, and so you have to be all one party. You get a group of four people, and then we take you on a private tour. Yeah, that's memorable. I've done yeah. that a few times. It's yeah, and really the property great. it's up on the top of Sonoma Mountain by Jacqueline Estate Park. If you cup your hands, that's exactly what the topography looks like. This beautiful hanging valley, um, 180 degrees. Literally, one side is the spice rack. The other side is the fruit basket. We grow mostly Bordeaux varieties there. If you go in there and kind of blur your eyes, you think you're in Italy. <laughs> yeah. When you're so funny, a friend of mine, uh, we do this because we, we no one can travel right now. So we're on our bicycle in Sonoma County, and we'll take 
in Tuscany, you know, and like, yeah, hey, sure, like, why not? Looks like that. He goes, because it hey, does look like it. We're in Bordeaux, you know, like this, and, and uh, it's like, you know, just we're different places in Sonoma Valley. Dan, give me more of your thoughts over the year. You've spent so much time, uh, oh my God, tasting and talking to Benzinger. There was, there was a time when we were having lunch at the property, and somebody slammed the door. I thought the whole building was going to fall down. Well, it, well, that you know, the place was built in 1860, and it's it's riddled with. Um, termites so it may have <laughs> I know. Um, well, you know my mom i mean helen yeah. helen was so my dad an ex-marine bruno right and he right. was he was definitely the taskmaster but my mom she was like mother Teresa. she would make everybody breakfast mm -hmm. um uh in the family and then she cooked lunch right because we hired employees very organically so and most of them at the beginning were family members or cousins or something like that so she'd always just throw another sandwich another bowl of soup whatever it was when she passed away she was cooking lunch for about 85 employees every day. Good. I mean, she had grief. help. She had help, but she loved <laughs> right. it. It was hot and a lot. She needs to get yeah. the Nobel. Should have gotten the Nobel wine prize. And if you stayed over, <laughs> if you ever right. stayed overnight, she wore this blue house coat, and she was about five two, and she had curly hair. She had these like worry hands, and you'd come downstairs, you'd be a little hungover from drinking too much wine with the boys that night, and my mom would be like. Good morning. I can make you some scrambled eggs or some bacon. Or I can whip you up some lovely French toast. And then she goes, oh, you look hungover. Were you bad with she the boys so. last night? <laughs> How about just some aspirins and some water, darling? Here, sit right down. I'll take care of you. I mean, she was amazing. Nice. She was so such cool. a wonderful woman. I miss her. What a project. Yeah. Lisa Amaroli, where did you grow up? I grew up here in Sonoma County. Yeah, you did, okay. I'm in Sonoma County native. Makes sense. And uh, loved every minute of it. I grew up on my grandma. I'm actually living in what was my grandmother's apple ranch. Oh no kidding! Yeah, cool. I, yeah. I knew you. I knew you lived in the town of uh, outside of the no, town of Sonoma. No, actually, over uh, in West Santa Rosa. My passion, aside from winemaking, is riding horses. Dan, this other, sh the second Chardonnay we're trying. I, I had that wine about three weeks ago, and I've already written about it. It's fabulous. I. Uh, my review on that wine hasn't come out yet. It's in my newsletter called uh, Vintage Experiences. But uh, what I like about this wine is that it, it holds together uh, in, a, in a way that the other wine... Uh, the other wine is more opulent. This wine is a little bit more closer to the grape variety. And in some ways, there's a personality here that you don't usually see. I was wondering if there was any kind of Mousquet clone almost, some of a muscatic note in the aftertaste. This wine is really exotic. It has a real nice minerality. It's got beautiful citrusy notes in the mid-palate and then on the, and the aftertaste is just stunning. I agree. Lisa, really talk about making this one. Yeah, so the, the difference too is, is part of the yeast because we do use native yeast on some of our uh, Chardonnay and we also use a French Montrachet type yeast on, on the first Chardonnay that we had. That gives kind of a smoky yeastiness, earthiness to it. And that's part of the styling of the first one. This one has a very clean, natural yeast. Oh, it's clean um, as hell. Yeah, very clean aromas, very uh, fruit forward, except that it is barrel selected. There is enough oak on there to give that a bit of sweetness and a little bit of vanilla. Uh, I get that. Uh, that adds to is this kind a of that orange Bavarian cream. as well? This is an 18. 18, okay. You should see how patient she is with these natural fermentations because they have to be done at a really uh, low temperature. They're not easy. Nerve-wracking. Uh, yeah, I know. It is. They're yeah. not easy. Yeah. She's like, she's surgery. you got to go there and, like, dab her yeah. forehead. Yeah. yeah. There's a fine line between spoilage and a, a great fermentation and really friendly yeast. Okay. 
That's that enough. complexity. This okay. being is really special. I like the other two, that, and I've already written about them too, but this one is even better. And in a lot of ways, this really is the example that uh, the other two would eventually turn into. Mm-hmm. This has got more of the the mid-palate uh, presence of uh, red cherry and, and plummy fruit, but the most impressive thing about this is it's got real serious Pinot Noir character. This is called, this is 2017 Day, what you De- call it, De Quello? Uh-huh. Uh, Pinot Noir, Sonoma Coast, uh, Terra Numa. And the Terra Numa designation is completely new to me but boy this is really a special wine so so Terranuma basically my brother Mike he tries to find the most esoteric old Latin names mm-hmm. you know he's did Mike thinks he's like the greatest marketer in the world but he's not because it's like no one can pronounce his names mm-hmm. like Dequello it's supposed to be clouds rest and Terranuma is where the earth the breathes yeah. um, <laughs> every once in a while he, he lands on a winner like a, um, a Borisak or something yeah. like that but um, we love them anyway, uh, mm-hmm. and this is that amazing vineyard out um, <laughs> above Occidental. Um, and what's cool about this is the vineyards out there start on the top of the hills and they go down, because that's mm-hmm. where um, that Wilson Grove formation kind of draped over the top of the mountains like an icing. Is this cake. not far from Coleman Mountain Road? It's uh, yeah, okay. It's, so so it's one ridge over. You know where the little schoolhouse is in the Bohemian yeah, Highway? Yeah, sure. Yeah, directly across. Across the street. Oh, I, and up the okay. up the hill. It's uh, it's um, Mella's place. They're very, very difficult. It's difficult to grow Pinot Noir there because it's so cold. So interesting you say that. Our first mm-hmm. few vintages were too cold. Mm-hmm. But now, um, whether it's a combination of we've learned how to grow there and it's warmed up. Right. Hmm. It's warm now. Right. We haven't had our for earlier vintages where that kind of that green note in there, we don't get that anymore. Now we, we worry about, and we don't water it. It's almost completely dry. Well, this, this is a startling wine. As, as much as I like the other two Coelos, I thought this one was probably better in certain ways because it's, it shows more of what it's going to be. The other mm-hmm. two will be great, but mm-hmm. they don't show it just yet. This one does. It's funny. The yeah. um, real serious Pinot drinkers from the East Coast or Europeans, they always gravitate because this has, like you said, this is... A, a Pinot lover's Pinot. Absolutely. It's got that. And, you know, Somebody pour Emily a little taste of this uh, Pinot. You're and, 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 I hate I looking at you, someone's no, empty the, glass uh, the in this room. Grape, mm-hmm. The Goldilocks wine. Yeah. It's, it's like my in-laws. Never happy. And 17 was a difficult <laughs> vintage. We had four heat waves during that uh, in se- 2017. This is, is what that 17? This, yeah. This oh, is yeah. 17. We, had, we had 24 yep. days of 100 degree heat. We had the yeah. wettest winter and spring on record, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh yeah, then we burned then, up. Then the fire. Yeah, plenty of fuel. So, um, yeah, it was the grass grew really high, and then mm-hmm. it baked yeah. it out. It was like, uh, you know, Angel Hill pasta. You know, it was so dry. I remember stepping on leaves, and they didn't go crunch; they shattered. Yeah, yeah. super. That's dry. not good. Yeah, so obviously we got this off before the fire and in the winery and and happily being punched down by Chris and the rest of us. Um, But it's clone 777 and 115. Oh, my God, I can't believe that. All right, there's a geek alert. I'm throwing a geek alert. That's the last guess I would have made. You're not up on your phone, Steve? Well, I was was thinking this was uh, 115. Yeah. Either Lisa or Dan explain. One fifteen is on the, the property. Yeah, the clones of, uh, of Pinot Noir are very, very unusual, and we don't want to go into the details here because it's otherwise too, too geeky. But seven 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 was grown 
uh, was bred to be a clone of uh, Pinot Noir that would go best in very, very cold climates. And for all the heat you guys had, how do you survive? It's impossible. You can't make a wine. I, I, I defy you to prove to me that this was 777. You thought this was Dijon clone, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Clothes are a trick, right? So how much mustard did you use in <laughs> yeah. this? Making this up. That's just killer. No, it is, it is amazing, yeah. Sauvignon Blanc, over the years, has just been so, we call it our patio pounder. And mm-hmm. we have it so dialed down, too, for <laughs> sourcing like for it, for um, everything that we had going yeah. on with our growers. So. And, it's, um, yeah. and it's like, it's so versatile, because mm-hmm. obviously it's, it, it hasn't met an oyster it doesn't love, all types of seafood, right. Asian cuisine, or just, yeah. yeah. Just chug away. Yeah. And Pinot flies out. We never have trouble yeah. with the Pinot. The Sonoma County Cab is also one of my perennial favorites. It's a Bordeaux blend uh, grown mm-hmm. um, in that uh, hot pocket between yeah. uh, Sonoma Mountain and the Mayacamas. Yeah. Um, right where uh, Sonoma Mountain blew up. Right. And the soils there are this like geological lasagna. Basalt, red aggregates, welded tufa, all compacted on each other. Geological lasagna. The one nice thing about uh, the Benzigar uh, project is that all this fruit, every last grape, is either organic or biodynamic, which means that a lot of attention has been paid to making sure that the earth is protected as well as the health of the employees and so forth. Mm -hmm. This is really a wonderful project, but it also goes to the heart and soul of what this family was all about at the very beginning. And this goes, it does go back to 81, so Mm -hmm. this is a a project that's been in business for several years. It uh, deserves your attention. Now, I have to admit that some of these wines are a little on the expensive side, but they're justified because the wines are so good. I try and grow organic biodynamic vegetables at home and it makes me realize why those wine like grapes mm-hmm. that same process would be more expensive grapes because the roots get deep right because mm-hmm. in conventional farming you're feeding it at the surface so the roots stay near the surface in yeah. that kind of more organic nature but like we were talking about the geological lasagna now the roots because you're not watering them you're not feeding them the roots have to dig down deep and every time they go into another band of whatever soil, they, they send out their lateral root hairs, they pick up those minerals, and they gives those those fingerprints of terroir. Wow. And, and, it, and that's what makes the exactly. wine so interesting. It's basically it's one word. It's authentic to the place. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's all about authenticity. You've got to love that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's that Pinot Noir in that Wilson Grove, the, the mm-hmm. Gold Ridge Sandy Loam, or, um, or the geological lasagna. Well, and every That's day, great name. Chris Benzinger is here from Benzinger Family Wines and Lisa Amaroli. We uh, just one last moment here. 16, 2016 tribute, which we didn't talk about, but we it's will. A beauty. Just enjoy the bottle. It's a Cabernet-based uh, wine. It's got. It's in a Bordeaux-shaped bottle. It's really wonderful. So it's a blend. It has all five Bordeaux varietals in it Whoa. from our state property. Lisa, so get bio- down. Yeah, biodynamic wine, and you know, I just thank thank Mike Benziger for starting Journey on Biodynamics and being able to make wine from this property is very special. I think it comes across in the bottles. The passion of the family, the passion of the people who grow it.